Welcome to the NLCC Lancaster Podcast. We hope and pray the following message blesses your life. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit us at nlcclancaster.com. Luke chapter 24 and verse 26, Ought not Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded unto them all the scriptures, the things concerning himself. And they drew nigh unto the village whither they went, and he made as though he would have gone further. But they constrained him, saying, Abide with us, for it is toward evening, and the day is far spent. And he went in to tarry with them. And it came to pass, as he said it, meet with them. He took bread and blessed it and break and gave to them. And their eyes were opened, and they knew him. And he vanished out of their sight. They said one to another, Did not our heart burn within us while he talked with us by the way and while he opened to us the scriptures? And they rose up the same hour and returned to Jerusalem and found the eleven gathered together and them that were with them, saying, The Lord is risen indeed and hath appeared to Simon. And they told what things were done in the way and how he was known of them in breaking of bread. I draw my thought from that scripture where it says he was known of them in breaking of bread. And I want to preach on that subject, the breaking of bread. Can you lay your Bibles down and close your eyes and lift up your hands and let's ask God to have his way in this place. Lord Jesus, we thank you for what you've already done. Thank you for what you did last night. Thank you for what you did in the Sunday school session, Lord. I'm asking for your spirit to ignite something, to do something in every heart and every mind and every soul. Lord, bless these precious people. I speak the blessing of God on them. Let the anointing of God intervene and ignite and transform by your power and by your spirit. We humble ourselves before you. We're nothing without you. In Jesus' name, amen. Can you clap your hands to the Lord? Amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Somebody shout yes. Yes. The breaking of bread. These two disciples, they were on the road to Emmaus and they were very heartbroken, confused with battling with many questions because they had just watched their dream die. They watched as the nails went into his hands. They watched as the nails went into his feet. They watched as the crown of thorns was on his head. And they watched their Savior get crucified and it was very it was a confusing moment because they wondered to themselves how something so bad could happen to someone so good you and i we battle with those same questions how something so tragic could happen to people that are so faithful why did it have to happen to my family when i've just been trying to live right and do right 
Why did it have to happen to me? I worshiped. I was faithful. I did everything that they wanted me to do, but it seems like still trouble found a way to me. How many of you know that trouble is no respecter of persons? It will knock on the poor's door. It'll knock on the rich's door. It'll knock on the faithful's door, knock on the unfaithful's door. Trouble came to them and they are confused after three years of faithfulness how something so tragic could happen to someone so great not only was he dead now but now they hear that the tomb is empty so the worst comes to mind uh, as they're trying to process maybe someone stole his body it's not only uh, bad that he's dead but now they disrespected his sepulcher and they took his body they are questioning and they are battling in their minds uh, with what's going on in their world and as they're walking on the road to Emmaus and they are confused and they are heartbroken and they are questioning and they are doubting. The Bible says that they reason together and they commune together as they were walking. And while they were battling with questions, with doubts, with fears, and with failure, the Bible says that Jesus himself drew near. Now, that makes me want to preach a little bit because while they were questioning, while they were battling, while they had doubts, it could not prevent God from drawing close. I've got to preach to somebody here right now that have come into this house with all types of questions, all types of doubts, all types of concerns. It does not hinder your God from coming where you are. He will come to you in the middle of your storm. He will come to you in the middle of your doubts. There is nothing that can stop your God from coming right in the middle of what you are dealing with. Some people think that when they come to church that they have to put on a perfect persona to get a touch from God. How you doing, brother? Oh, you know I'm blessed. Uh, you know you lying. You've been in the middle of the storm, but you feel like you got to put on a performance to get God to come down. How you doing, sister? Oh, you know better than ever. Girl, you better stop lying. You know you've been in a dark valley, but you feel like you got to put on a perfect persona to get God to come down but if you could just be vulnerable and say God I don't know what's going on in my world and I got some questions can I tell you he won't pass you by he'll come right where you are and he'll put, give you comfort he'll give you love he'll give you joy and he'll lift you up He drew near while they were questioning, while they were battling, while they had doubts. He still drew close. God is not ignorant to our humanity, nor is he ignorant to our emotions. He is willing to draw close to us. That's what the Holy Ghost is. It is a comforter. The Greek word is paraclete, which literally means the divine presence coming alongside to help you. When you fall, God does and stand above you and say what's wrong with you get up here no he comes down where you are he comes down in the middle of it and he joins alongside you and says come up here we're gonna get through this together and if you fall down again he comes right where you are he will not forsake you he will not abandon you he'll come with you at your darkest moment and lift you up to a height that you have never been did you 
He drew close to them while they were doubting, while they were questioning, while they were confused. Can I tell you, your God is not intimidated by your questions. He doesn't perceive your questions as a challenge. He's not afraid of your questions. He used questions to provoke revelation. He uses questions to push you into his presence. You don't have to go to the world or the culture with your questions. You can bring those questions into the presence of Jesus and you will show, he will show you that he is the only answer. He's the only sufficient answer to every question, but he's not intimidated by questions. He's not intimidated like you and I get intimidated by questions. You tell your child, go clean your room, and they come back and they say, why? Say that again. I said, why, mom? Come over here. We're going to talk for a little bit. Because we perceive questions as a challenge to our authority. But God isn't intimidated by questions. Researchers did a study on primate cognition, and they were comparing and contrasting the major differences and few similarities that humans and animals have. And after much research and study and much experimentation, they realized that animals and humans have major differences, but they have a few similarities, such as animals adapt to their environment in a similar way that humans do. Animals communicate with their own species in a similar way that humans do. But they said one of the greatest differences between a human and an animal is the ability to ask a question. So questions are a sign of your humanity. A sign of your distinction above every other species. It is a privilege to have questions. It's only with men, God says, come, let us reason together. An animal doesn't have that privilege primate cognition they studied they tried to get these animals to talk and they could say a few words but the one thing they couldn't ever do was ask a question that's what made god speaking through the donkey so great the, the miracle wasn't that god just spoke through the donkey the miracle was the donkey's first words the donkey's first words were why are you hitting me the miracle wasn't that God just spoke through the donkey. The miracle was that God reached into the donkey's mind, gave it human intellect, human comprehension, human understanding. And if any animal could talk, the first thing they would ask is, why? Well, they don't get that privilege. Ooh. If your dog could talk, the first thing it would ask is, why? Why didn't you feed me more? Why are you always gone on Sunday mornings? <laughs> but they don't get that privilege. He drew near while they were questioning. You don't have to be a robot to be close to God. Anybody that tells you they've never been through nothing, that's, that's somebody that's lying to you. 
Anyone that tries to maintain a perfect picture, come on, somebody. It's not accurate. Come on. Because God is willing to be close in our struggle. He draws near to them while they are questioning. And the Bible says their eyes were holding that they could not recognize him. They didn't know that was Jesus talking to them. And he, and they, and he asked them, what are you all talking about? He said, didn't you hear what happened? Jesus of Nazareth, a man of mighty word and deed. He, he was taken by the chief priests and, and he, was cru- he was crucified. They, they delivered him to be condemned to death. They crucified him. And, and he said, and we trusted that he was the one that should have redeemed Israel. And beside all this, today is the third day since these things were done. Jesus is standing right in front of them. And they could not recognize him. They were so traumatized with the pain of yesterday. That they could not see anything good today. So traumatized by what happened that you can't see the blessing that's already happening. They're looking for the answer while it's standing right in front of them. But we get so traumatized with what we've been through. I'm preaching to somebody here this morning that. You become cynical. Someone comes up to you. I love you. What do you mean? Come on, somebody. Because the last person that told you that they love you, you still have the knife wound in your back. You're still bleeding. So when in church folks say that they love you, come on, you get tense. Because you're like, when you going to backstab me? Come on, somebody. I'm preaching to somebody in here. You become cynical. Your relationships become shallow because you are still carrying around a tainted mind by the adversity that you have been through. But if you could somehow let the scales fall off of your eyes and see that Jesus is standing right in front of you, ready to give you new hope, ready to give you new life, ready to give you a new level. They said, we had trusted that he was the one that should have redeemed Israel. And they said, beside all this, today is the third day since these things were done. They said, look, it's not only bad. Listen to this. This is the third day since these things happened. And Jesus is like, really? And then they said, look, it's not only bad. Listen to this. You're not going to believe this. They can't find his body. And he's like, ah. Oh. Interesting. But they can't see him. They can't see the blessings. They can't see the miracles. They can't, they can't see the newness of life. They can't see the resurrection. They can't see it. Because they're still dealing with a traumatic experience. Still dealing with betrayal. Still de- You know you're cynical when people start complimenting you and you, the first thing you think is what you want. Hey, you look nice today. Oh, how much do you want? Come on. Uh, conviction in the house already, huh? <laughs> then finally, Jesus tells them, ought not Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? 
He said, my suffering became a door to glory. My pain became a pathway to glory. And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded unto them all the scriptures, the things concerning himself. And they drew nigh to the village. They said, come, come and stay with us. They said, abide with us. He went in to abide with them. He waited with them in their home. Listen, and it came in the past as he said it, meet with them. He took bread and blessed it and break and gave to them. And their eyes were open and they knew him. And he was known in the breaking of bread. They could not see him until he broke the bread. Him breaking the bread, it was more than them remembering him feeding the 5,000 with the loaves and fishes. It was more than remembering him feeding the 4,000 with the loaves and fishes. It was when he said he broke the bread and said, take eat. This is my body which is broken for you. And when they saw his brokenness, they said, it's him. It's him. It's him. And they could not see him until they first saw brokenness. And brokenness became the pathway to understanding. Brokenness became the pathway to revelation. They saw a side of God in brokenness that they could not see anywhere else. Can I tell you what God is doing in your broken season right now? God is trying to show you a sign of his glory that you've never seen before. He's trying to show you a power that you have never experienced before that can only be unlocked in a broken season. They couldn't see him. They walked with him. They talked with him. They sat down with him. They ate with him. But they could not see him until he did. Ah! They said, that's him. I see him. I see him. I see him. I see him. They couldn't see him until he broke the bread. They talked with him, but they didn't recognize him. There's some things in God that you cannot be unlocked just by prayer. Cannot be unlocked just by walking with him. There's some things that you have to go through. There's some things that you have to endure. But somewhere in the endurance, God is not going to forsake you in his glory. He's going to show you that there is a blessing coming out of this brokenness. He's going to show you that there's a miracle coming out of this pain. He's going to show you that there is greatness coming out of this gore. That's what God has been doing in your broken season. You thought you were abandoned. You thought you were forsaken. You thought uh, that you were nothing, nobody. You thought that you were overlooked by God. Uh, but God has been using your brokenness uh, to push you into a dimension of his glory uh, that this church has never seen before. Uh, you went through the loss, but I'm telling you, uh, that loss was not in vain. There's some glory uh, that's going to come out of this. Uh, you went through a tough time over the past three to five years years, but I'm telling you, don't you think that God has overlooked you? His eye is watchful on your brokenness, and he's beginning to bring glory out of it. Somebody is going to see the glory of God like you've never seen before. That's why the brokenness came. Everybody declared that 2020 was the year of vision. Can I tell you? They weren't lying when they said that. We just didn't like how the vision was going to come to pass. 
Because before the process of the fulfillment of a vision, there will always be a broken season. It's a part of fulfillment. But we were, we were just expecting to get the vision and tiptoe through the tulips. I've got a vision. But it was like, oh, God, I, I got a vision. Because God is getting glory in the brokenness of your life. Isn't it amazing how Jesus reveals himself after he breaks the bread? And he was known in the breaking of bread. And he tries to reveal his nature by sharing with them, expounding to them Moses and the prophets, the Pentateuch, the first five books of the Bible, the Torah, the first five books of the Bible. He tries to reveal to them through the first five books of the Bible and the prophets the, to himself. And I like to believe that he shows him that, the, that he always gives glory in the broken places. Think about it with me. Adam, God creates Adam in Genesis. Adam is made in the image of God. Adam is blessed by God. Adam has an assignment from God to till the garden. He's blessed. He's made in God's image. He has a purpose. Yet God looks at this man, the crown of his creation, and he looks at him and says, it's not good. Hold on one second. All of creation, he said, it's good, it's good, it's very good, it's good. But he looks at this man with all this destiny and purpose and blessing and says, it's not good. Let man be alone. So God breaks his body open, breaks the rib off of his body, makes a woman out of the rib. And the Bible says, he that finds a wife finds a good thing. Hold on one second. Now I got to exegete the text. He said, it's not good that man be alone. He breaks him open. And he that finds a wife finds a good thing. Out of brokenness came forth goodness. He made Eve out of the broken rib, made a masterpiece out of the broken rib. He that finds a wife finds a good thing. He said, I'm looking for goodness, but it's going to come out of your brokenness. He that finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains the favor of the Lord. Favor came forth out of brokenness. Adam and Eve had children. Fruitfulness came forth out of brokenness. You know what God was saying, Adam? I can do more with you broken than I can do with you whole. And God can do more with you broken than he can do with you whole. People like to think that God just took Adam's rib and treated him like Play-Doh. Hey, thanks for the rib, bud. No. That was surgery. The first surgery in the world. God, the surgeon, put him under anesthesia. Y'all not hearing me out there. That's where you get the concept of anesthesia. You go back to Genesis. He put him in a deep sleep. 
deep sleep, cut his body open. Bloody. Took, broke the rib off. I know when you think of the rib, you think is this like crystallized, just perfect rib. He's like, oh. No, there was meat hanging off of it. Y'all not hearing me out there. There was a little fat hanging. Come on, somebody. I know you didn't want to see it like that, but we got to be real in here. It was ugly. But God made something beautiful out of that broken rib. God made something amazing out of that broken rib. Because out of that broken rib, there would be a Messiah that would come out of that rib. Out of that broken rib, there would be a church that would come out of that broken rib. Out of that broken rib would become the source of all Human, can I tell you if you only knew the potential that is coming out of your broken place? Adam woke up after that surgery. The anesthesia wore off. Come on, somebody. And when he woke up, he said, God, what did you do? He said, this is bone of my bone, and this is flesh of my flesh. You know what he was saying? It was worth going through what I went through. When I see what God made, come on, it's going to be worth every tear. It's going to be worth every sleepless night. It's going to be worth every broken season. When you see what God has been making out of the middle. Oh, clap your hands if you hear what I'm preaching. I said, it's going to be worth every tear. Clap your hands if you hear what I'm preaching. It's going to be worth every sleepless night. Clap your hands if you hear what I'm preaching. It's going to be worth the heartache. It's going to be worth the pain. It's going to be worth the confusion. When you see the handiwork of God that has been working for you. Yeah. God did more in Adam's life when things were out of his control than he did when things were in his control. He did more in Adam's life when Adam didn't know what was going on than when he knew what was going on. Just because you don't know what's going on doesn't mean that God's not making a masterpiece behind the scenes. And at those places in your life when you have no idea what you doing? Come on, somebody. When you have no idea what's going on in your world, when everything that you've invested in has crashed to the ground, when everything you've poured your life in, it seems like you've got nothing to get out of it. In those places of brokenness, it is right there that God is making some of his greatest work because he can do more with your brokenness than he can do with your wholeness. I uh, think about Moses. He went to Moses. He didn't just go to the Pentateuch. He, he went to Moses. Wave a hand if I'm helping somebody. Wave a hand. All right, praise God. Somebody was scared to raise their hand. Is this a trick question? <laughs> Moses, of course, he had to go to Moses. It makes sense why he would go to Moses. Because 
Stephen preaches in Acts 7 about Moses, and he says that Moses was a man mighty in words and deeds in Egypt. Moses had an oratory gift in Egypt. And the Bible says that Moses killed that Egyptian. Acts 7, Stephen preaching, he says, Moses killed that Egyptian, supposing that Israel might understand that by his hands he was their deliverer, but they understood it not. Meaning Moses killed a single Egyptian supposing that Israel might rally behind him and he become their main, main general and they kill the Egyptians with swords and spears. He, he killed that Egyptian in the strength of his gifting, the strength of his oratory, the strength of his mighty deeds. So God had to put him through a 40-year broken season. He stripped down Moses' oratory down to a, 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 a stutter. And God said, now you're ready. I can do more with your stutter than I can do with your oratory. He stripped him down to a dependency. He used his brokenness to strip him down to a dependency. He said, ah, 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 ah. God said, now you're ready. Because I can bring 10 plagues with that stutter. I can open up the Red Sea with that stutter. I can give you the tabernacle plan with that stutter. I can give you the Ten Commandments with that stutter. I can do more in your weakness than I can ever do in your strength. God stripped down the hyperbole, the metaphor, the simile, stripped down the jot and the tittles, the comma, stripped them down to a dependency where he could not get the will of God done for his life. Listen, without God and without his brother, Aaron became his translator. Oh, Lord, are you hearing what I'm saying? God put him through so much where he could not be successful without God on his side and without his brother on his side. Can I tell you what God's been doing in your broken season? He has placed you in a spot of dependency where before COVID, oh man, man, you were the most independent person ever. Your motto was, I can do bad by myself. I don't need nobody. Come on, somebody. They used to send you a text before COVID came. 2019, they used to send you a text. I'm praying for you. You used to read it like, what do I need that for? I mean, I'm blessed with something going on or something. I don't need that. I'm good. Business is blessed. Family's blessed. I'm good. I don't need you. Thanks for the prayer. But somewhere in the middle of COVID, oh God, they sent the same text to you. I'm, I'm praying for you. And you're like, what are y'all doing after church? Y'all want to get together? Y'all want to hang out? <laughs> Brought you to a place of dependency. To a place of where you finally understand that we need one another and we need God and we can't do it by ourselves. Can you clap your hands to the Lord? God's talking. 
People think that, don't you love the Word of God? I love the Bible. Don't you love it? People think that, that a caterpillar goes into a cocoon, puts wings on, and comes out a butterfly. That's not how that works. A caterpillar goes into the cocoon over time. As it's in the cocoon, it releases enzymes out of its body. Watch this. And it breaks its body down to liquid. It reduces its body to liquid. If you were to open a cocoon before its time, liquid would come out. It breaks its body down to liquid. Then over time, it builds itself up into a butterfly. And out of brokenness came forth transformation. Everything has to go through a breaking before it can be transformed. Think of Samson. How the Bible says that a lion roared at him. And when this young lion roared at him, Bible says that he took that lion and he ripped it open, broke open that lion. And when he broke open that lion, there were a bunch of bees that were buzzing in the territory that were looking for the perfect place to produce honey. And they said to themselves, why not produce honey right in the middle of the lion's brokenness? We're going to produce sweetness in a place that no one expects sweetness to come. We're going to produce honey in a spot we know we won't be bothered. Because nobody ever expects sweetness to come out of brokenness. They made a beehive, a bee's nest, right in the middle of the lion's brokenness. And this is interesting. Because it takes a lion's body about a month to fully decompose above the ground. Y'all didn't know y'all was coming to science class this morning, huh? Honey in the carcass of the lion. It takes a lion's body about a month to fully decompose above the ground. But it takes a beehive or a bee's nest two to three months to completely deteriorate. Which means long after the lion's body was gone, the honey that was produced out of the lion still held on. And the sweetness lasted two to three times longer than the brokenness. Who am I preaching to in this house who has been broken for three years? If you've been broken for three years, get ready for a sweet season to come for six to nine years. Uh, how long have you been broken? If you've been broken for five years, get ready for 10 to 15 years of sweetness uh, to come out uh, of that brokenness. Uh, because the sweet season uh, lasts two to three times longer uh, than the broken season. Uh, if you've been broken for 10 years, uh, you need to to get ready for a sweet season huh? for honey to flow over you and your family 
What that lion didn't realize is that out of his brokenness, there would be honey that would come, and Samson would come and partake of that honey. And out of that, out of that, that honey would feed the man of God. Out of the, Samson would bring that honey to his family. That honey would feed the people of God. I come to preach to this church what you have gone through was never about you. It was so a community, lost family, will begin, will be able to come into a church service like this on a Sunday morning and not have to struggle to feel the presence of God because after what you have been through, there's honey everywhere. You went through it because there was a community that needed some honey. And it can only come out of a broken vessel. Your daughter needed it. Your child needed it. A community, a lost world needed some honey. So when they come in, they don't have to struggle to feel his presence. But as they worshiped in that song, you could feel honey beginning to seep out of your pain. It administered to people around. You thought that there was something wrong with you. No, there's something right with you. The person beside you just needs some money. And your broken season was essential for you to get them and you into a sweet season. And that concludes this podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast, please like, share, and subscribe. And for those of you on iTunes, leave us a good rating. Thank you for listening to the NLCC Lancaster Podcast.